Pass First Point Card and Blazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. We are pushing for 1,000 YouTube subscribers by Halloween. We are already over the 500 hump, halfway there as I'm recording this on October 11th. So help me out. Subscribe on YouTube. Go to YouTube right now. Subscribe to the show. Uh, just search Locked on Blazers and subscribe. It's a great way to support the show. And it's uh, if you uh, haven't watched the videos, it's a fun little <laughs> insight into my world. Uh, into Welcome into my uh, into my podcast studio. we got a really fun show for you today. Uh, the Blazers played a preseason game. They lost 107-93 to Sacramento Kings. Uh, final score doesn't matter, but there's plenty of, uh, p- plenty of positives to take away, and we'll talk about what we saw in that game in Portland before the Blazers play their final two preseason games to close out the week. And then we got to talk about Ben Simmons. I thought, quite frankly, y'all, I thought I was done with the Ben Simmons stuff. I thought I was done with the Ben Simmons rumors, but um, he's back and the Blazers have been linked to him again. And as much as uh, maybe in my my heart, I've wanted to avoid Simmons talk, we can't quit him. So we're still going to talk more about Ben Simmons. We'll do that to close the show. The latest on Simmons, how it connects to the Blazers, what it means for this team and all that. Listen. It's big, it's big basketball news. We can only avoid it for so long. But let's start in. Let's start with the basketball game that happened today. The Blazers were without eight guys. Uh, no CJ McCollum, no Damian Lillard, no Norman Powell, no Robert Covington, no Nazir Little, no Cody Zeller, uh, no Tony Snell. It was. Um, it was a, it was a night as as Chauncey Billups said before the game started. It was a night for the camp guys to show out and show out they did. Dennis Smith Jr. looks like he deserves an NBA contract. We'll talk about a bunch about him, but this um, I, nothing to really to be concerned about beyond uh, Nazir Little. He he missed the game with a hamstring injury, just like soft tissue injuries, always a little bit um, a little bit concerning. He he was um, if it matters, he was like the inactive guy. Although uh, Damon CJ weren't going to play, they got they got a. Um, uh, just a maintenance rest day off. Uh, this was a the Blazers play the Kings in nine days on opening night, um, so it wasn't like um, it's not a it's not a big surprise that both teams held out some of their guys. Uh, Marvin Bagley didn't play for the Kings, neither did Buddy Heald, neither did uh, Ty Halberton. Um, so the Kings were were somewhat shorthanded, although they had um, closer to a full complement than the Blazers did for sure. Uh, but this was a night where Anthony Simons was going to get you know high usage. Simons, we only saw half of Yusuf Nurkic. We saw about that from uh, Larry Ness Jr., although he played into the third quarter. But we we got 32 minutes of Anthony Simons, and I thought sort of. Um, you know, the, the big winner from tonight was Dennis Smith Jr. We're going to talk all about him in the second segment. But uh, this was Anthony Simon's chance to get the ball, be a high-usage guy, be be the lead guy. And it was it was a chance for him to continue to take a step forward. One of the big points of emphasis for the Blazers during this um, during this preseason is to get Ant comfortable being the lead guard, comfortable being the initiator, comfortable being the point guard. I may be more resistant to uh, positions than than uh, others, but it, it's, it's to get Ant reps playing point guard. And I thought early on, Anthony Simons uh, looked really good. Like, I thought this was another really, um, really solid start. He had two drives right early in the game. The first, you know, first four possessions of the game, he had two drives all the way to the rim. It's something I've been screaming about for Simons is, uh, is get you know, use that athleticism to get into the paint. He had twice navigated, you know, 
coming around a screen, keeping his dribble, getting all the way to the rim. A little loose with his dribble in the first quarter. Um, kind of, um, he doesn't have the super, super tight handle yet still, but he looked way better. And getting all the way to the rim is just so valuable. It just changes the game for him. He couldn't shoot tonight. Uh, the Blazers lost 114, uh, 107-93. They lost by 14 points. This is a little, mad, little live math for you. But uh, they basically just, they couldn't shoot early in this game. They dug a hole and that, that was basically the hole from early on. Like it was, the, with the starters in their sort of first rotation in the first quarter, they scored 11 points. Uh, and a lot of that was just bricks on, on, on shots they could make. The Blazers started Kelgen Blevins and, uh, and uh, CJ Ellaby in this game. Kelgen Blevins is just not an NBA player, nor is he close to being one. Um, it's like preseason is important for guys to get developmental minutes. So I'm not like anti-developmental minutes, but it is, I would rather see Simons out there play with NBA players uh, because it'll help him look better and Blevins missed stuff on defense. He missed cuts on offense. Like he's, he's just, um, he's not good. <laughs> and he's hurting, hurting, hurting the sort of little like development moments. Um, but I thought Simon's early looked good. Um, and, and I, uh, I think quite frankly, most of like the, the regular guys looked okay. I thought Larry Nance Jr. Played way better in, um, uh, in, in this, his second game than, than he did in the first game. I thought Nurk was kind of up and down. Nurk played 16 minutes. Uh, he didn't really, he played basically two, two shifts. Uh, this wasn't like a big takeaway game from Nurk. He finished with two point or he was two of four from the floor, five points, eight boards, three assists, like a couple great backdoor reads. And then a couple problematic plays where, um, you know, he anticipated a Blevins cut that never came. He tried to throw another pass to, to, uh, Larry Nance Jr. That didn't turn out to be a, a turnover, but was just, he's forcing a bounce pass with three defenders between him and the ball where he's, he, he's either got to throw a lob or ball fake and go somewhere else. And then there's moments where Nurk just looks like a genius on offense. It just, it was the, uh, real Nurk experiments getting, um, you know, some bad decisions. And then those moments when he makes good decisions where you're just like, man, is he, is he skilled, uh, early on in this game, early on in the first quarter, Larry Nance Jr. Two, two wide open threes, including one off a really nice two man game with Anthony Simons that he just bricked good looks, good offense, uh, effective, but the Blazers, like I said, that first group, 11 points in their first shift. They just, uh, they just didn't, they just didn't have it. Simons, um, Simons though, like in general, the box score probably doesn't do his playmaking justice here when he played with um, more NBA type guys as the lead guard. I thought his decision making was really good. You know, he he finished with just one assist in 32 minutes to go with four turnovers. He had 24 points, two boards and an assist along with those four turnovers, eight for 20 from the floor, could not buy a bucket from deep, one of nine from three. But the important number for me is, is seven of seven at the free throw line. That getting into the paint that he did early, like I mentioned on those early first two possessions, it carried over. It was a big, um, it was, it was sort of the, the, the meaningful theme of the night. You know, he had some long pull to long pull up twos in the, uh, in the second and third quarters, but, but and getting all the way to the rim off the dribble. And then he had a nice cut in the second quarter where uh, Nance caught it on the, the left block and Ant made a cut. If you've been listening to the show, um, you know that my, my like solution for Simons to be better as a better rim player is just cutting, um, uses athleticism where he doesn't have to worry about his handle. If he becomes a good cutter, him being a smart cutter is super, super valuable to me. Uh, I think in general, Simons, you know, 24 points on eight of 20 shooting is not this like moment when you want to say, oh, he's so special. Um, it, he was, he was fine. Um, he wasn't the best guard on the floor. I think that was Davion Mitchell, the, the, um, uh, the Kings rookie who was just fantastic. Uh, I, I thought De'Aaron Fox 
gave, um, it, I thought it was a nice test because De'Aaron Fox guarded, uh, guardant a little bit and was physical with him. And I think, uh, I think there's some, some just value in guys bodying him up. And there was sometimes that physicality threw Ant off his, uh, you know, off his game a little bit, but in general, this was another step forward, another another solid sort of development game for Ants, and I think that I think that matters. Like I said, the Blazers, you know, uh, down down eight after one, and kind of never really crawled back from that court, from that. They were down seven at halftime, uh, and, and down ten in, the, in after three quarters. Then pretty much um, nobody really played the final nine minutes. No 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 NBA regulars played the final nine minutes of this game. So. You know the Blazers lost this game by just struggling in the first quarter and never really got back. Kings played their, their sort of more of an NBA team, so it's not like a, a perfect, perfect sort of way to judge this team. But they played De'Aaron Fox and Davion Mitchell, both dudes who are going to play a bunch. You know Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless who are going to start. Rashawn Holmes is going to start. Um, this is something, something akin to the to the Kings starting group, uh, minus Tyrese Halliburton and nobody healed off the bench. So this was, um, you know, this I'm not saying it's like this wasn't a fair fight, but it's like it's it's not a perfect um, it's just not a perfect way to sort of judge how this is going to look in the regular season. But um, in, in general, I thought if like if, if the things we're looking at is sort of like um, what the big thing was going to be because it was a high usage night, it was going to be a high usage night for Ant. What Ant could do, I thought he looked pretty good um you know he maybe wasn't as he was better early when he played with better players as 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 is generally the case quite frankly um and and then it was going to be the camp guys uh and that's what i want to talk about in the second segment when i found out nurk was only going to play a half and it was going to be a light nurk night i'm glad i'm glad larry nance jr um played better he he has tools i'm not worried about nance jr he's a complimentary part and he's when he plays with um you know, he had some grab and goes where he got a rebound and just went. Now, particularly early in the game, I think maybe like the fourth possession of the game, he grabs a um, he grabs a, a rebound and just dribbled himself up the court and got and got the Blazers into their offense. Like his handle and his decision making is so good that you put you get that grab and go ability with Dame and CJ sprinting on the wing and Norm filling the lanes in transition. I am. I have no worries about Larry Nance Jr. when he plays with when he just plays with better players uh, to to that he will be really valuable. So even if he didn't, he was, you saw the little flashes of what makes him special, but he's a complimentary part and he's going to be a special complimentary part. I have no, no worries about Larry, but I, I thought in general, Ant was fine. Um, uh, he wasn't, he didn't set the world on fire, but he, he, he continued to take the steps sort of developmentally that you want him to take. And he was, um, he was one of the, he, he, on a night where he needed to be one of the good players in the court, there was no question that he was one of the very good players in the court. Like that's, uh, no complaints about that whatsoever. But as I mentioned, I want to talk a little bit more about the, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the camp guys. Cause this was going to be a night that sort of the camp guys, um, proved what they could, what they could do. And Dennis Smith Jr. Proved that he's an NBA player. I want to talk about that in the second segment. Dennis Smith Jr. I don't know if he earned his contract tonight, but he earned a contract somewhere in the league tonight because he can play. Uh, well, that's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But before I do that, let's talk about Sleeper. In 2018, the good folks at Sleeper realized that fancy basketball was broken. Games were just being won by whichever team had the players scheduled to play the most games that week. So they set out to fix it. And in 2020, they launched a completely new way to play fancy basketball. It's called Game Pick. And here's how Game Pick works. You pick one play, one game per week for each starter on your roster to count. That's what the only thing that counts towards your team's total score, and that ensures an even number of games for played between opponents. So the days of losing because your opponent simply had more games scheduled are done. 
The days of mindless daily busy work are done, and the days of giving up halfway through the season because of that mindless daily busy work are over too. Because in game picks, you pick one game per week based on player matchups, home and away, opponent's defensive rating, the pace of play you anticipate in that game, and all that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. It's just a better way to play fantasy basketball. So if you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game pick has you covered. Sleepers crack the code. So go ahead and fi- they've they've got it figured out. So why don't you download the Sleeper app today, start a league with your friends, and you won't be disappointed. All right. So we talked about Anthony Simons and, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. showing out in preseason, but the real story of the night was that with everybody out, with the Blazers missing eight guys and playing this shorter bench, that we were going to see the camp guys. The Blazers have four players, Marquise Chris, Patrick Patterson, uh, Quinn Cook, and Dennis Smith Jr., who are competing for the 14th roster spot in camp. The Blazers can legally carry 15 into the regular season for financial reasons because they don't want to go deeper into the luxury tax that are only going to carry 14. They'd be a better team if they could. 15, but they're not going to do it. They're going to use the word flexibility. I'm going to use the word money. But for financial reasons, they're not going to do it. So four guys competing for one spot, and one of those dudes is just better than the others. There's, there's, we don't really need to, we don't need to get into it much more because Dennis Smith Jr. has been the best camp player by a mile. By a mile. Uh, You can see it with your eyes, but you can also just look at the box score in this one. Dennis Smith Jr., 18 points on 7 of 9 shooting, go with 7 assists. He played 26 minutes. And you, it's... The box score tells the story, but if you watched it, there's just, you know, he's a bucket. He's a bucket. He, He can... He... He can get to the rim at a really, really high level, um, and that's an NBA skill. He, he he showed a little bit, you know, flashes of his shooting today where he hit two of three threes. But like, w- what makes him special is that he's a he's an athlete. Um, he's a competitive defensive player, or at least he was last year in Detroit. Uh, I'm not sure we really have seen that in. Uh, like, you know, sort of like flashes of him being a high level defender in preseason, but it's preseason and, and the and the it's just a, it's a sloppy game. It's a little bit different. So. The the thing that impresses, the thing that stands out is that Dennis Smith Jr. can hoop. He can score. He can get him to the paint. He can get past people. He can manipulate on the pick and roll. He can find people. He's making live, you know, live dribble cross-court passes to the corner off of with his, you know, with his strong hand. Like if you let him, if you let him get going, he can make the right decisions. He can punish you with his speed. He scares help defenders with his speed. So they suck in and he was finding, uh, finding guys on the weak side. He was, he was just, he's just an NBA player. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I, I have some thoughts about this and I want to share them with you, but like, let's, let's get it out of the way up front. Dennis Smith Jr. looks like an NBA player tonight. He looks like someone who deserves an NBA contract. Here's the problem. Here's where it gets dicey. Uh, the Blazers might need the number one is the Blazers might need front court help. Um, they're just thin up front. They just don't have a lot of tall people. Um, so it might make more sense for them to get Patrick Patterson, Marquise, Chris, Chris looked terrible in the first preseason game. He looked a little better in game two. Um, he can pass. I thought, um, a couple times, you know, what I wrote down in my notes in the second and third quarters is that Marquise, Chris made the right decision, uh, like twice, where he caught it on a short roll and swung the ball hard to the corner. Like he can, he's got playmaking chops. That's that there's some value there, but he's, you know, he's not this like elite defensive center or a guy who can play like a whole boatload of minutes as a center. Like he can help and he's 
tall and the Blazers need other tall people. So Marquise Chris, you know, him looking a little better has some value. Patrick Patterson missed some wide open three pointers. He had, he had a funny turnover late in the game when Greg Brown Jr. would have been wide open in the corner, but he cut baseline and Pat Pat just, just whipped it to where he would have been in the corner. Um, I don't think there's a single thing that Patrick Patterson can do in the regular season or in the preseason that matters. Like he's being, if he makes the team, it'll be on the strength of his resume on, you know, 10 years in the league and as familiarity with Chauncey Billups playing uh, for him with the Clippers last year, like Patrick Patterson is going to get, he, if he gets the job, it'll be because he's a veteran, but if you're just doing it on town alone, um, Quinn Cook, who was fine at the end of the game, and, but he's just, he's a, he's several steps behind Dennis Smith Jr. If you're doing it on town alone, it's Dennis Smith Jr. It's not a question. Dennis Smith Jr. gets the job. But there's a cap. There's a cap on what he could offer. If things go wrong, if there's an injury or whatever it is, like Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be helpful. Um, I also think like talent matters. Like building an NBA roster isn't 2K. You don't just want someone who's like the best overall player. You kind of want... Um, you want you want to have the roster make more sense, and the Blazers might need more front court help. Like for me, that's a more that's more pressing need. But if you're just going town alone, it's Dennis Smith Jr. It's not close. Um, he's he's Duke can hoop. But here's the problem. I think that there's a cap on the minutes in front of on the guy in front of Dennis Smith Jr. So it's not only that Dennis Smith Jr. is not like there isn't real minutes for him, and there's no way for him. There's a cap on Anthony Simons, the guy we talked about in the first in the first segment. Like Simons has a real a real role this year. He's going to play twenty some minutes a night, twenty two minutes a night. But like there's a cap on how much Simons is going to play, quite frankly, because there's Damon C.J. is still going to play thirty four minutes a night. Norm Powell's going to play a bunch, and if you try to find him some minutes, um, you know when when Damon C.J. are off the floor to let him have some time, like that's then. You know, then you, you know, how many, what is the absolute maximum number of minutes Simons can play each night? It's, it's probably, you know, 20, 20, not even 24, 20, 22 and a half, 23. Like it's, there's just, there's just like a max on how many like realistic minutes with fully healthy that, that Simons can contribute. And if there's a, if there's a cap there, there's a cap on Dennis Smith Jr. Like there is as good as he is, there's just, there, there aren't really minutes for him to play if the plan go, if things go according to plan and it's, I think if we're just, if we're just saying the way for the Blazers to, to sort of figure this thing out is to get the best players, you get Dennis Smith Jr. You don't look back because he's been the best player. Like he was the best player tonight against the Kings. Um, on, he was probably the best player on the, on the roster tonight against Kings, probably better than Simons for my money, or at least he was right up there with him. But like those two aren't like competing for minutes. It's not a competition. Those minutes are Simons. So there is, there aren't, there just aren't minutes to be had in the way that like there could be some emergency or even just foul trouble minutes for a backup big. Like even foul trouble, there's not backup minutes for Dennis Smith Jr. unless something weird happens because you just, you have four guards already um you you just you can rotate in between four guards and two of them are your star heavy minute guys um so there's just a cap on what Dennis Mitchell can contribute and I think that has to factor in um it's I'm not making the case for it like quite frankly I guess I think I'm making the case for just keep Desmond Jr. because he's really good um and he will he'll end up on another NBA roster if it isn't here like he's he looks like a guy I mean he doesn't look like this like sort of high lottery pick future star but he's an NBA player he looks like an NBA player I just I absolutely think that um I just think that sort of when you're piecing out how the logic is going to work over the final week of the regular season even if he's clearly been the best player, is he the most helpful for this roster? Maybe still, yes. I think you can make a compelling case. Yes, he still is absolutely the most helpful player for this roster, but there's more to it. Um, 
more to it than that. And the idea that um, you know keep you know keeping Dennis Smith as an emergency point guard has has some value, but maybe just front front court depth is is more valuable. The actual trick here is the Blazers should carry 15 players on the roster because there's no basketball reason why you wouldn't carry 15 players. They're just there is only financial. It is the only explanation. And uh, if you need more help, you should pay more gentlemen to help you. That's the solution. The Blazers are owned by a billion dollar estate. Um, they can afford it. I'm not I'm not too worried about their luxury tax bill. All right, so that's that's what we saw in preseason. Ant looked good. Dennis Smith Jr. looked good. Um, Marquise Crystal a little better. We Dennis Smith Jr. is it seems like the obvious answer, but it might not be that obvious. I think is really the big takeaway here. What I want to do in the third segment to close out the show is answer, not answer, discuss the rumors. Ben Simmons just can't stay out of the news, um, in part because he's an NBA player, but in part because he just keeps doing messy, weird shit, and uh, we got to talk about the mess that is Ben Simmons. He's been linked to the Blazers. He's now reporting back to Philadelphia, and the links to the Blazers just aren't going to stop. They're here to stay. So that's what we'll do in the third segment is talk more about Simmons. But first... Let's talk about betonline.ag, just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. If you are someone who wants to get in on sports betting, that is the number one place to do it. They got everything. You can bet on the MLB playoffs. You can bet on the WNBA finals. And you can bet on football all weekend long because betonline.ag is your number one spot for pro and college football. Listen, props on every single game. Real-time updated odds so you can bet before the game. You can live bet during the game. It's a whole lot of fun. They've even got your favorite Vegas casino games. But if you sign up today using the promo code LOCKEDON, you will get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That means if you are a first-time customer and you want to put in 200 bucks, well, guess what? You're getting a 50% match. So that $200 on your first deposit becomes $300 to use on betonline.ag. So don't wait around. Go take advantage of this offer. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And it's BetOnline, where the games begin. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Lock on Blazers. We talked about the Blazers preseason game. A 14-point loss to the Kings. Uh, I, I don't really... The, 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 the wins and losses don't matter. Um, not a surprise that a team, you know, two teams playing each other in nine days in the regular season opener didn't play their guys. But there was some real developmental stuff. I, I, I think... Um, I think the the I think Anthony Simon's looking good and Dennis Smith Jr. looking good are real takeaways. Like I, I I've joked in the past that like I will I will overreact to preseason because that's kind of my job in this space. But like those aren't overreaction. Those are just those are real quantifiable things. Uh, Anthony Simon's looks like a better basketball player, more well-rounded basketball player. He he played well on a night he didn't shoot. He wouldn't have done that last year. And Dennis Smith Jr. looks like an NBA player. Whether he's an NBA player for the Portland Trailblazers or for another team remains to be seen, but he can contribute at this level. Um, he can play in the league. Uh, where he ends up playing in the league is a question, but uh, DSJ can play in the league. I have no, no, no doubt about it. Uh, go Wolfpack. But we've we gotta talk about we gotta talk about the Simmons news. Um listen, I get a little worn out by the NBA rumor stuff. Uh the I've said this before and I will I'll say it again. I've the the part of NBA basketball I like is the basketball. Uh but you can you can't ignore this. And 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 the Blazers have been linked to it at least to some extent. Over the weekend, Sean Strani reported that uh the Philadelphia 76ers had in talks with uh 
the Portland Trailblazers about a potential trade for Ben Simmons had requested CJ McCollum. Okay, cool, fair. That's like a fair trade. What else? We let's let's keep talking. What else you want? Plus three first round picks. Oh, hold on, three first round picks plus three pick swaps. So that is three picks, three pick swap, three first round picks, three first round pick swaps. Like basically the maximum number of just shy of the maximum number of picks you can trade. And CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons. I'll say this, and I've been on the record, and I want to be clear about this. If it was a straight across trade, Simmons for uh, McCollum, I'd smash the yes button. Go ahead and do it. I think that makes the Blazers better. If nothing else, um, it might change what it, it might lower the Blazers' floor while while potentially raising their ceiling. And I am I am more than ready for this team to take a big swing and find out if they strike out because um, they're going to hit a double this year. They might hit a double off the wall, but they're not going. This it's it's that's what it is. They're just going to make solid contact. Um, we know this, we, uh, we know the ceiling of what this group can be. This, this team might even be fun, but they're not a championship level team is, does Simmons make them a championship level team? I don't know for sure, but I think he makes them better. I think he answers their questions. I think he straightens out a lot of, um, a lot of the, while he presents some problems cause he's a weird player who can't shoot and won't shoot more importantly. Uh, I think he answers some of their defensive problems. He kind of figures out like, what do you do? Where does Norm fit? He, he kind of, he, he, while he adds some wrinkles, he irons out some others on this roster. So I'm in favor of, if it was a straight across trade, I'm doing it. The trade itself is, is ludicrous, but like the trade offer itself is ludicrous. Uh, CJ and three and, and three first and three swaps is wild, but friends, Maybe this is what progress looks like. The Blazers are, and Philadelphia 76ers are talking about a trade and the and the person they're talking about in the Blazers roster is no longer Damian Lillard. Seems like uh, the the while the Sixers remain asking price remains incredibly high, mild progress that it's not Dame plus a bunch of picks or like only Damian Lillard. We've now they've now moved to the range where it's like CJ and way too big of an offer. But this is what progress looks like. They the Blazers just gotta keep on waiting it out uh, because um, the 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 Simmons situation is not resolving itself. Although there is some news towards what a resolution looks like. Simmons had been had hold had held out um, of camp. He had not reported to the uh, to the Sixers preseason games, and he was he's out about a million bucks and it was going to be north of a million dollars if he missed um if he was not he had not reported by monday evening today by the time of the game and you know what ben simmons did he showed up at the arena without telling anyone in fact the sixers according to adrian wojanowski had been in a lot of contacts with rich paul about okay we're going to get ben back he's going to come rejoin the team he might not play in any games but we're going to bring him back here we're going to figure out a solution because he, you know simmons doesn't want to take away his money and we don't we you know maybe we can we can find a solution that's amicable where where he where we don't, where he doesn't just give away $5 million while we figure out what happens to him, right? Like they're going to figure out, they're going to try to figure out some sort of amicable financial solution. Unlikely that Simmons, it seems like unlikely from the reporting at this stage that Simmons plays basketball games, but like he's, he's going to show up and do stuff. Um, and at least like, at least be in the market in the building. But uh, reportedly he just showed up at the arena and was like, yo, I'm Ben, you may remember me. I'm the point guard, Ben Simmons. I like to take my COVID test because you got to do COVID testing to like be reintroduced into the market, et cetera, et cetera. So unbeknownst to the, to the, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, um, Unbeknownst to the team, 
unbeknownst to to Rich Paul, Ben Simmons just decides to show up in Philly, you know, get flies there in the way that super rich people do, um, gets, you know, private, private plane lands, gets the arena and surprise, I'm here to take a COVID test and rejoin the team. It was, uh, it was a surprise. Simmons has four years and $147 million left on his contract. He is a max player playing out, um, you know, the final four years of his max contract. It is hard to demand a trade in this situation, but we look like we're heading towards something that looks like a resolution, something that looks like, um, something that looks like maybe, uh, this is going to be messy. However, it ends, it's going to be hard for Philadelphia to, to sort of thread the needle in the way that they reportedly want to thread it. They are not going to be getting three first round picks and three swaps from the Blazers. That was, you know, as you know, I, I trust Shams reporting, but that was, that's just like an example. What it is, an example of the sort of laughably high asking price. And maybe quite frankly, depending on how you want to read it, a report from Simmons camp that would suggest here are the 76 are still not taking this Simmons trade seriously. They're the ones holding it up because their asking price is astronomically high. They have every right to have an astronomically high asking price. But in addition, that means that other teams have a right to say, wait, what the hell? And I think that's where we're at. But Simmons reporting is good news The uh, f- like for this having resolution. The Blazers and Philly talking about CJ and not Dame is good news because we're moving towards a more palatable trade. If you can, if the, the Blazers just have to do this. Keep on keeping on and let that situation take care of itself. But we're getting to, closer to the point where that situation is, is taking care of itself. Um... I, I still, you know, if I had to sort of handicap it, I don't think Ben Simmons ends up here in Portland. Uh, I think it's unlikely, but uh, this was mild progress. And on a weekend when Ben Simmons and the Portland Trailblazers were back in the news and people were getting excited, but it seemed like it was just kind of a, maybe kind of a, a small potatoes deal. Simmons reporting back to camp, I think gets us closer to a trade. If he comes back and he's like, he plays nice, maybe they can figure out a trade. Um, obviously the situation remains incredibly bizarre. Um, it's, it's no good for Philly. It's probably no good for Ben, but it probably gets us closer to a trade. And if it gets us closer to a trade, that means that there could be a Simmons for CJ swap. That's the only trade I'm interested in for the trailblazers. Obviously not for Dame. Um, if, if there's like some sort of larger trade we'll talk about there but like a straight across cj for simmons trade i've said it it makes sense in the past i'll say it again here to my new youtube listeners if you're new to the program it makes sense a cj for swimmons simmons swap makes sense understanding all the risk understanding that uh, uh simmons is a weird fit next to yusuf nurkic understanding that he that uh simmons needs the ball in his hands a bunch and damon lord wants the ball in his hands a bunch too under uh, recognizing all that we're just in a in in sort of would you do it? I'm pounding the yes button and I'm figuring it out later. I think talent wins. I'm a believer in Simmons' talent. If if he doesn't get any better, he remains one of the great defenders in the league. If he improves just his sort of approach, like if he just improves his, his approach and sort of his um, willingness to go get fouled late in games, willingness to be an aggressive player in the fourth quarter of important basketball games, he takes a massive step forward just by, just by willingness to do it. So yeah, I'm pounding the yes button. Uh, here we are. Philly, Philly is, Philly is getting closer to having some sort of resolution and the Blazers certainly could be in a, in the mix when that resolution plays itself out. All right, on tomorrow's show, we're going to do mailbag. Many of you are going to ask me about Ben Simmons and I'll answer some of those questions again, but, um, 
I wanted to talk about it here because it's it's the news of the day. We can talk more. Um, if you have a question, we can talk about whatever you want. That's how and that's how mailbag works. It's a listener. Listen, we answer listener submitted questions, or I answer listener submitted questions all episode long. If you want to get involved in that show, uh, I'm going to record it on. Uh, October 12th, Tuesday, October 12th in the evening, probably get them in before 8 p.m. Pacific time at Mike G. Rich on Twitter or LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. I'll send out a tweet soliciting questions, so make sure you're following me there on Twitter. Uh, We got uh, good shows coming up the rest of the week. The Blazers play a preseason game in Phoenix, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time, uh, Phoenix, because of the WNBA playoffs. Um, I'm excited to watch both those games, both the Blazers preseason game against the Suns and uh, the WNBA finals. Uh, The WNBA playoffs have been awesome, so I recommend you check those out too. But we'll have a game recap after that one. Um, Fun shows the rest of the week. Uh, Make sure you check back. Make sure you are listening. Locked on Blazers is five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts and already on YouTube. The season is here, so you might have friends who are like, hey, what kind of podcast do you listen to? You listen to any Blazers podcast? Tell them that you listen to Locked On Blazers. Tell them they can find it wherever they get podcasts and on YouTube. And then tell them to subscribe, both of those places. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.